Welcome back to the Hex Shrinkers podcast. We're at episode 17. I'm Julian, joined by Eric. Good evening, lads and lasses. Oak. Hello. And, uh, and Chev. Yep. Chev, the only one who's even close to hailing from the UK and the most American yo that I've ever heard. Another exciting cast as usual. We're here to talk about ding, 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 surprise. We've got new product. New product is happening. It just seems like every year there's a new release around the corner, which is exciting because we know as American millennials Yes, it does are, seem like every year there is a new release right around the corner, Julian. It's almost like they do at least four of these, maybe ten per year. Uh, while we're interrupting Julian, I want to say that starting from the top, I did not write these notes, but let's talk about the new release that Julian was about to mention, Time Spiral Block Remastered. Time Spiral uh, released originally in 2006. Uh, it was hailed as a very complex set, uh, especially for the time. This has essentially remastering it, taking all the block, mashing it into one set, and I believe adding some cards that were not originally part of it, just to sort of mix it up and add in to make it uh, a fun little re-release. What do you mean cards that weren't originally in it, Eric? Uh, I believe that, like, uh, like there's a card from Cons of Tarkir that talks about, like, flipped over cards. Yeah, you're right. Time Spiral Block is one of these kind of... This thing that Wizards has been doing where they've been taking old blocks and basically distilling them down to the most... M- generally the most essential constructed cards plus a nice draft experience. We've seen this on Aren- Arena with things like Kaladesh Remastered and Amonkhet Remastered. For Amonkhet Remastered and Kaladesh Remastered, you're right. They did bring in other cards that weren't in those sets. Um, specifically, I'm looking at things like Thought Season, Collected Company, and Amonkhet Remastered. However, those were to augment Historic on Arena. Um, since this is a paper-only set, Chev, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't believe this is coming to Arena. No, as far as we know, this isn't coming to Arena, but this is the first remastered set of the style of those that we've seen come to um, paper. So I I think it's probably more like Tempest remastered when that came to MTGO, where it's like it's just cards from that block thrown together with a new set symbol and kind of brought up to speed. But it is only that block. I, I think some of the confusion might be Morph originally showed up in Invasion and in time spiral because like modern horizons this is one of the most complex sets ever made i think i can't remember which one comes out on top modern horizons one or time spiral they have an insane amount of keywords between them so this may be my confusion and some other people may have this confusion so if you go to the spoiler list for time spiral remastered it will show you the card secret plans is on there if you go to the gatherer page for it it was originally printed in cons of tarkir uh then in commander 2019 and most recently in Time Spiral Remastered, never showing up in original Time Spiral. Uh, it's one of the old bordered cards. I don't know if, like, I know they were doing, like, time-shifted cards. I don't know if that's uh, yes. a thing we'll, that I'm getting mixed we'll, up. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Sounds like Eric hasn't been watching the spoilers um, as closely that it would impede their job, like some of us. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've been watching the spoiler page and been like, yep, those are cards, 100%. I don't follow the news, to be honest. So you're so you're like Itali. That wasn't the original Time Spiral, right? <laughs> no, that's why I'm confused that they're everyone's like, yeah, these are original Time Spiral cards, and I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> so allow this podcast to help the viewers out there who might not be as paying close attention to Time Spiral Remastered and Eric. 
By the end of it, we hope he knows the product that we said we're playing sealed this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to play it. You, you guys are – like, if I play Italian, you guys are like, what are you doing? That's illegal. I'm going to be like, all right, yeah, fine. Let's we'll take it out. So, so uh, back for a second to Chev, you are saying we are we're planning to do a sealed of this. Uh, that is kind of the essential purpose of this set. This set, this uh, time spiral, uh, planar chaos, and then future site were the three individual sets that made up this block. And they were progressively weirder, more complex, and more uh, inside jokey almost um, in their design and development. Uh, I kind of like to liken this set to like the Rocky Horror Picture Show of Magic sets. It's like the the cult classic, the the redheaded stepchild, whatever you want, whatever moniker you want to use. Um, it, it's it's you know often left field, um, and that's why it's so beloved and why they're kind of bringing it back is. Because people just love this set, um, especially like hardened veterans, I guess, uh, love this set, loved the limited experience. So the people at Wizards were like, we want to do something for the more um, jaded vets, I guess. Uh, we wanted to give them franchise players, but uh, jaded and franchise players. Well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm including us. Some we, you know, we have about half a leg in that in that that far in uh, category. Um, so that was the thing, and then also, of course, this is a opportunity to reprint a bunch of cards because mm-hmm. like you said eric uh, this was originally released in 2006 back then um magic was not nearly the phenomenon that it was the print runs are so much smaller so a lot of these cards um are hard to get and a little expensive but you're right there are not only cards from the original block but there's also these cards that are being reprinted in old border so the parallel from this was in the original um time spiral uh i forget if it was one one specific of the set within the block or if it was right just it was over just the course of the block time spiral was the past focus set so it was just the time spiral boosters and they they did some even weirder stuff um that we can get into in a minute but yeah so those it was just that original set Yes, yeah, so that original set, they had something called time-shifted cards, which were, they, in each pack, there would be one card that was just an an old card, like old border, um, a card that had been printed uh, before Mirrodin, which was the first uh, set that had the modern card frame, basically. Um, it just had a slightly different symbol um, for the set symbol, so you could get, like, old Lord of Atlantis and old you know, blah, 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 whatever. So those were in the set. So as a callback here, they now have uh, old bordered cards, but these are all cards that are newer. So modern modern legal cards, essentially, mirrored in and forward. I think the I think the oldest card I saw was from Leveler, the was it? <laughs> uh, yeah, Leveler and I think Eternal Witness are both in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, so they've, they've given the old bordered treatment, which is, um, Eric, I know not your favorite thing, but a lot of, once again, these old jaded vets love the old border. So, uh, I love old border. I would, I, I think old border is hilarious. And I think like the brown bordered land or white bordered lands specifically are hilarious. (laughs) Oh, okay. I, I, I always, I felt like there was one member of the cast who was like old, like, why would you have a old border? It was last I believe. And it was Eric saying, if you want your cards to look worse, you can choose this new version that has the old border. Did I say that? That Am is I just... a quote of the Eric. You were getting aggressive, which is I fine. Not... I mean, what I'd rather I you be opinionated that than, last cast? than uh, indifferent. 
last cast was the drinks cast. There's no way I said something about old bordered cards. There's no way I said something Dude, we totally said something off about the wall everything and cast. just crazy while I was <laughs> yeah, on the podcast where we when we were all in the hey, yo, hey, you can't hold hey, me to that. Someone else said that. That was. So the interesting thing, Julian, is I'm not sure you knew this, but it, it kind of makes sense. In that original time spiral with the old border cards, those were standard legal. When they added them as the the time, um, the back in time cards, they were all standard legal and it led to some weird thing. And I forget what card. It might have been Pendlehaven. But a card just like totally threw off standard for some time in like this old border jank combo that no one really saw coming. But it was before, you know, you really had supplemental products. So like this isn't a, a base core set of this year this is a supplemental product these cards aren't going into standard um so it allows them to kind of go off the wall and pick 121 really powerful cards airing towards legends and combo pieces and even to sometimes we see cards that are powerful in certain older format decks where the majority of cards are already old border a question for those who you know may be planning to play some limited soon aren't super familiar haven't been following the news necessarily Asking for a friend. Are these cards allowed in your limited deck? Yes. Yeah. So if you open it, you can play it. So then to clarify my earlier point when I said they've also included some cards that aren't from this set and Chev gave me a look like I had just pooped on the Pope, I was correct. <laughs> yes. Those tiny well, anyway. cards that look completely different are not from this set originally. Okay. I'm just glad we agree. Well, you will be opening at least six of them. Because there is one in every pack. There is one dedicated, uh, I don't know if there's a, a term like time shifted or whatever, but there is one old bordered card in every pack. And they're kind of the, I guess, the showcase art style for this um, this set. There's 121 total cards from this list. And, you know, there's everything from random commons all the way up to mythic rares and everyone in between they've kind of run the full gamut um and as usual i will i will note that a lot of these are commander e cards cards that either are are commander cards or cards that would see play in commander or or some things like you know ponder and stuff that the legacy players will be happy to have old bordered but all old, old border cards are also equal rarity. So uh, it's just a printed sheet and they throw one per pack. So the mythic rare time shifted is just as likely to get pulled as the um, leveler or whatever else you're getting in that slot. They also, um, right, for exactly. these that there's, I think there's a one in like 10, 15 chance that they're foil and they will have the old foil treatment, which I believe Gavin Verhey did show off in a Good Morning Magic, but it's like the frame itself is shiny and not the the art and it's like a specific old border type of style and they have that that cool like star shape on the bottom of the card as well um so they're they're doing Correct. as close to the original printings for these old borders as possible which is pretty dope yeah it's very true to form which is i i think it's like a love it or hate it kind of deal but mm -hmm. of course this is supplemental set so supplemental reprint set so it's it's all well <laughs> we've pretty much covered everything about this release uh this thing that's hitting the shelves once again it feels like each year they're just packing in more and more releases so there's just there's always something to talk about which is a, a blessing and a curse i guess but this is a new set there are cards in this set that we can talk about so of course we gotta do some mf and prime picks boys and i think i think we just start keep the train rolling what are y'all tops old bordered cards for me, it's probably got to be uh, Read the Bones. 
Um, this is a commander staple. I think I run it in every single deck that has black, um, and you should too. Three mana, uh, scry two, draw two, lose two. Good as it gets. This is also, and I like this for a lot of reasons, because one, this is the first printing of the card that doesn't have reminder scry text. And I know, you know, it, it's kind of like, oh, I maybe I forget, or like, it doesn't really matter. But I do really like the clean text box of scry two, draw two, lose two. And it it just, it flows a little bit better, especially as the somewhat jaded and franchise player. It's, it's a nice sort of um, clean version of these cards that they know is something that enfranchised players like. Uh, two, if it's right in decks that I currently play, like Selenia, which is trying to lose life, and I'm trying to make that deck all old border. Um, Selenia is an angel from Tempest. So I, I won't succeed because there's too many modern pieces of jank, but I will get as close as possible. Um, and then three... There's a, there's a big thing that we see in some of these these pieces, and I, I think a couple of you guys are going to go into it in a minute as well, is some of the art really works in Old Border, and some of it doesn't. Um, Dreadhorde Arcanist doesn't really work. The, the more digital mm -hmm. the art, the less it works with this sort of painted-looking frame. And Read the Bones, while it was originally printed in Theros, which is only like five or six years ago, it does have a more classic art style that blends in and meshes much nicer with that old card. So overall, this is a card I hope to pick up multiple copies of uh, and just slot into every deck that I currently have another version of it. Yeah, Chev, that's uh, definitely Love that true. Pitch of... uh, I think oh. Exquisite Firecraft is another great example of a card that the art looks just about as digital as it can get, uh, and it just doesn't look great. But there are some other, uh, you know, pretty cool-looking red cards. Uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, if you'd allow me to digress <laughs> for a second and list a few of them off. Um, I had a lot of trouble deciding which one was my favorite. And if you haven't, I, I won't bother going through them all, but if you haven't looked at them, you know, definitely uh, do so. Uh, I think, uh, well, for personal reasons, and well, this, is, uh, this is obviously very, like, self um or, sorry, this is very biased. That's the word I'm looking for. This is very biased. But I think uh, the Bedlam Reveler looks really sweet. Um, I like cards that have a red in the art as well that sort of matches the border. And the, the border here is a little bit browner, but there's, like, uh, so many different shades in that art. And, of course, Bedlam Reveler is just, you know, it's a very special card to me uh, because it was the time we made our little, like, budget standard decks for... I don't remember exactly what standard. It might have been like Eldritch Moon standard or something like that. Yeah. Because I know mine was like Traverse the Ulvenvald or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Bedlam Reveler, just awesome card. It's got prowess, um, cost discount if you play a bunch of instants and sorceries. So, you know, it's great in Delver. Uh, it refills your hand in a pinch. And lastly, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the cards that were also given their old art. Uh, because a lot of the old art is really mm. sweet, like, especially Beast Within. I really don't like the new Beast Within art, where mm -hmm. where it's like a claw coming out of this dude's like chest or something like that. Or I, I have no idea. Like that that's a very <laughs> literal interpretation of the concept of a Beast Within. But this is more just like it's a really grisly looking, like almost like Phyrexian looking beast, just like busting out of the ground. So that's really cool. And just uh, yeah, I mean solemn. Got the old one, Kiki Jiki, uh, Mortify, Bloodbraid Elf. Good stuff. I was gonna say Bloodbraid Elf looked super good uh, with the old art. On on a similar note to uh, you, you sort of talking about how colors line up, and and Chev talking about how uh, some some cards just look good with the old border and some don't. Uh, 
I feel weird picking an artifact for this because I hate artifacts. But let me just say, Panharmonicon looks really good in the old border. Like yeah. the the sort of like browns and golds line up really well with the artifact old border style. Um, it's a powerful card. It's a cool card. But I honestly picked it mostly for the visuals of how well that new border from a pretty recent or that new card art from a pretty recent set lines up with that old border and how it looks. Uh, but I I did also want to drop drop a line to Tide Hollow Sculler, uh, which was in. Uh, I believe I made this on MTGO forever ago, but it was a modern Coco deck featuring that card. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that looks great in Old Border, I think. I think it's got like a very painted art style, uh, at least in the background especially, that uh, just sort of works with it, in my opinion. I really like the Old Border look for some of these cards, but uh, for others... It's 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 not a sell, and I will stand by what apparently I said. That the old border looks bad on some of these. Uh, I mean, Eric, I I would agree. I, I think I think Chev said it at first. Um, that some, some especially a lot of these newer ones. Like I'm looking at Yogmoth Thran Physician, and he has a really cool art, but it just just doesn't. It just does not work with the old border. You know what I mean? There's it uh, fails the yeah, vibe just, check. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a certain vibe you got to have. I mean, like, let's be real. Some of that early magic art was dead ass like, you know, crayons on construction paper, <laughs> but it had like that charm, you know, that like that really right, rough grizzly. homemade sort of charm, especially with the old the old border. Yeah. Um and I think once again, we kind of were all on the same page. We're like, yeah, you want to pick a card that's cool. It's cool that it's coming back, but it, it just got to have yeah, it's got to pass that vibe check with the old thing. And my my personal pick is uh Molten Rain, which I don't think a card is a card that anyone has ever cast, like at least within us. Like I don't think oh, anyone's Julian, ever cast this card. Ye of little faith, I cast this card on you, Chev. I was, I thought you were only playing the the busted ones like sinkhole and stuff. Oh, I played those. Um, no, no, he played all. of them. It was all. It all right. was uh, our, right. our legacy tournament all those years ago. I played mono land destruction and completely destroyed Julian's deck just once. I lost. I lost the match, but uh. I made his deck void of all lands, and that's that's really yeah. That was that was really fun. We we decided we wanted to dip our toes into the the classy man's format. We proxied up some stuff, and I of course was playing a real man's deck, a uh, you know blue white land still, and I think Eric was playing like reanimator and Oak was I think playing I was doing like sneak pyromancer, or yeah yeah yeah. Eric was playing yeah sneakage so, some something about you know bringing gristle lands into play for very little mana, and you know Oak was playing like Grix's pyromancer, and Chev was like sinkhole and fulminator mage boys <laughs> and uh yeah i i i actually just i i <laughs> drew a flooded strand and was like all right let's see what we got and i just there was no more lands on my deck and that was, failed to find that was an experience that was uh that was an experience oh boy but anyway so molten rain for people who don't know what it does i probably should read it right it's, it's one red red destroy target land target land not non-basic land target land so Boom. I don't care. If that's a plains, if that's a forest, get it out of here. Uh, if that land was non-basic, which when you're playing things like Legacy, they often are, or, or even Modern, Molten Rain deals two damage to that land's controller. So it's a nice little, like, resource denial and burn in the same in the same thing. Um, it passes the vibe check, like Eric said. Uh, also, I got to shout out Green Red Ponza in Modern, which is a deck that literally just plays, like, turn one acceleration, turn two destroy your land, like turn three 
destroy your land. It just plays like Minvoli a bunch of different ways to destroy it. Yeah, Minvoli Acid Moss, destroy your land, get myself a land. Uh, Acidic Slime, destroy your land, and then also attack you for two. Like, yeah, it's just, it's such a troll deck, but it's actually been good a few times, so I, I've always thought, because it seems like kind of a budget deck, I've always considered, like, oh, what if I, what if I just had that, you know? You know, for the case that, like, F&M exists ever again, and I just want to <laughs> pwn some noobs, you know? Seems like a fun way to get Chev into modern, is just, hey, for, like, not too much money, you can just go and play land destruction. I do like the sound of that. Yeah, I mean, you basically need, like, some rant, like, some Arbor Elves, a bunch of, like, cheap land destructions, but you just basically just need, like, stomping, you know, like, some, some stomping grounds and shit, which is, like, that's, like, what, 50 bucks for stomping grounds? Not Not that bad. You know what card is, uh, it's presented an old border here, and it totally threw me off that it doesn't exist in old border already? Bajuka Bog. Yeah. It's back from the day that, like, the, the art of a, a black-producing land looks like a swamp. And I think I think it must be, like, original Zendikar or something is when it first came out. But you look at it, and you're like, wait, yeah. the copies I have of Bajuka Bog aren't old border? <laughs> and it, it throws me off, because I can't even imagine it with a regular border now. And it's just like, yeah, it, no, that it looks like it comes from a swamp. You know, Chev, I you're you're 100 right. It looks like even the art on that is got like that old kind of painted style. Yeah. And I was I was going through some cards the other day, and I had a Bajuka Bog, and I looked at it. And every time I look at Bajuka Bog, I'm like, ah, oh, this just it just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look like if you go back and like hold a physical card in front of you, it just doesn't look right. But this does. So like, I might have to. I might have to pick that up, but I think I want to get the foil one. So I don't know how much it costs, but I'm like gonna I'm prepared to be really sad, um, and potentially also drop a lot of money. See, I think I'm in the opposite camp to you guys. I wish for the old border cards they brought back the really complex and like verbose um, rules explanations. Oh god! <laughs> like for example, I mean we could have oh, gotten at least no. like an add. Like they're all add mana symbol. It's not like add mana symbol to your mana pool. It's just like yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm like half sarcastic, half serious, but it would have been interesting. <laughs> I will say my brain already like processes some of these cards, like Panharmonicon, right? Like I look at it and the card as a modern card is a little bit complicated compared to other cards. I look at it with old border and instantly my brain is like, ah, uh, there's got to be an easier way to word that only because it looks old and it feels old and its ability doing something broken. But that's just what Kaladesh brought to the world artifacts that do broken stuff and would belong in like an urza's saga or something like that chev i do want to also bring up something i was noticing you were saying bajuka bug so looking through there's uh one two three four five six seven eight lands that are being reprinted and old bordered um three of them are colorless so there's basic waste field of ruin and arch of Raska. and then there's one that has there's there's one of each color of land basically mm -hmm. one that has uh so there's Ramanop Ruins, which is, you know, adds red and has a red activated ability. There's Blighted Woodland, which has a green activated ability. There's Bajuka Bog, which taps for black. There's Mystic Sanctuary, which taps for blue. And then those are all, like, good cards, right? Like, Ramanop Ruins, he's playing modern. Bajuka Bog, Mystic Sanctuary, Blighted Woodland are all commander staples, plus Mystic Sanctuary and Bajuka Bog also play um, in other formats. Um, and then the white one is Ancient Den. Why? <laughs> you, you tell me there was no better white aligned land that you could pick than ancient den which affinity is not a deck in legacy or vintage and it's banned I mean, what, and modern well let's let's think about it for a minute what else could they do flagstones of trochir is already being reprinted in the set oh there's so many good um, ones 
Amiria, like Amiria what, what the Skyrim. I mean, I guess if you're going by like Blighted Woodland has the green activated ability, and like I don't even see that as a green land. So I guess yeah, if you put that into it as well. But yeah, Amiria Skyruin, I guess. But then that would put it, it would above everything else. Like these are not high powered lands. They're pretty low powered as far as lands go. I I would disagree. I think they're all they're none of them are like it's not yeah, these aren't dual lands. This isn't Talarian Academy. Mm. This isn't uh wasteland or Rishidan port or something. But they're all so solid and then Ancient Den is just like <laughs> <laughs> Should've been Caracas. I just don't understand. Uh, nah, Krakus is old. Krakus is old. That's the that's the only reason. Because I was thinking like Corhaven would have been a great pick, but that's that's old. You know what I mean? Yeah. What else? Yeah. What else? I think Amiria is the only one I can think of that's like only white. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's not as many. I would have to do like a more extensive search. Like I I, I, I got like... it open right now. I'm looking at all lands that have white mana symbols. Like you could do a Karoo. You. Most the, the good ones are like um, you could do Gavany Township, but that's also green. Yeah, so yeah. that's the thing. Like the mono color doesn't leave a lot of options. I think it's just white doesn't have a lot of good utility lands. And so once you take out, I mean, would Shefet Dunes have been any better? The one from um, Hour of Dev? I don't think so. No creatures no. you control get plus one plus one until end of turn is sorcery. One that was printed printed kind of recently, but would be cool would be Hall of Heliod's Generosity. I think. The, Ooh, that would mm, be pretty cool. Yeah. That would have been good. It's not as powerful as Talarian yeah. uh, ruins, but that's what we're looking for. I mean, still, it's uh, it's roughly on the power level of these other cards. I think Castle Ardenvale from Ther- uh, from Throne of Eldraine would have been fine. Would have been cool to um, see some. Of the, I think the art style on those castles would also be pretty good in Old Border. Probably. Yeah, I mean, well, dude, Mystic San- Mystic Sanctuary was from Eldraine yeah. too, and <laughs> I think that true, one looks yeah. pretty good in Old Border. <laughs> Mystic Sanctuary but, looks incredible in Old Border. It's very weird. Like, yeah, that it just looks like it was mm-hmm. designed for that, essentially. Yeah, that's going to be a, a pricey foil for the legacy and uh, vintage players. Yeah, that's going to be a pricey foil. Well, now that we've talked about old border cards. Do you want to talk about cards that may or may not have an old border? Uh, well, actually, they don't because they're from Time Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I understand well, the set now. Do they or don't they? It has they been don't. twenty minutes. Eric is on board. <laughs> uh, well, what 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 specific subset of these new bordered time spiral cards do you want to talk about, Eric? Uh, I said I want to talk about legendary creatures. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear you. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no one pays attention to me. Fucking That's true. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, I'll let you know right now. My personal favorite legendary creature from the time spiral block. That is being re- because we had like a ten minute conversation of Chev needing me to clarify these notes. It is a a legend that is being reprinted in this set that is not being reprinted in old bordered, which means that it was in the original Times for All block. But not all the original Times for All block legends were reprinted in this set, so it's a smaller subset. But I feel as a primarily focused commander cast, we should talk about the legends. Yeah, okay. Jeff, how did you not understand that? It's like you wrote in the notes or something. <laughs> I was just making sure. Listen, I feel like we're bordering on hostile work environment. <laughs> just tell us the card. <laughs> Julian. All right, well, my card is... Uh, I'm bordering on hostile because my, my card is the number one edgelord. Uh, and that's Drownlew Lichlord. He's a complicated boy. I mean, if you just look at that art, he's... he's I'm getting major... Major Edgelord vibes. Like, you know, I'm talking Raven from Teen Titans Edgelord vibes. Um, he is three blue-black. Wait, for but three, he's not three. hot. 
We'll get. We'll save save it, Eric. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> speak soon. for your speak for yourself. Also, you don't you don't you don't under know what's under this. You don't know what's under this cape, dude. There could be some ass for days. Um, he could be he could be really actually he looks pretty skinny, but he could be cut. He could be like real like twelve pack. But anyway, uh, he is a three three zombie wizard, and he has two lines of text. One of them is an activated ability that says tap. Target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback in the end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. Flashback meaning you pay a certain cost, you can cast that card out of your graveyard if it would, and then when you cast it, you exile it. So that's a very powerful ability. Um, you know, I'm immediately thinking we're in Demir. There's some self mill. You also have uh, every entomb effect known to man um, to get whatever busted instant or sorcery probably blue because that's what they do into your uh, graveyard so immediately you can do like time warp yada yada whatever so there's there's some there's some hardcore uh spike potential there uh but there's another line of text that says if damage would be dealt to drown you sacrifice that many permanents so I hope there's not a red player in your meta, uh, because <laughs> who would win? We're, we're talking Drowner or one yeah. blasphemous act. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I was. I mean, I was just thinking like, boom, lightning bolt. Like, wow, that really that really sucks. Uh, but yeah, yeah, a blasphemous act or a chain reaction would be even worse. Um, Star of extinction. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it even blows up one of the lands that you would sack. Yeah, no, yeah. So it's it's over after that. Um, it's 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 the ultimate case of high risk. High reward. Uh, we're, we're short in stocks here on, on Drownu. The combination of him being uh, one edgy boy and also the absolutely busted stuff that you could do, the potential is there. Uh, so I really like that, and I think that he's uh, someone that people should brew around a little bit more. I think there's a, I think that, fir- that, that line of text about damage being dealt uh, scares people away a little bit too much. I think it scares them away the right amount, Julian. Like, so I, I'm trying to think of a, a world where it's like, okay, you know, I have a bunch of counter spells in my graveyard. So worst case, I spend this turn cycle, flashback, a counter spell, stop the Star of Extinction. But I'm just imagining the player out there who's got the um, the Staff of Nin, right? That's like on the beginning of your upkeep, draw another card, tap, deal one damage. Like something that doesn't actually kill Drelnu, but every turn cycle you have to sacrifice something. And that just seems like a, a rough world to be in. And that's just one damage. Like, we get to something that's, like, fighting creatures or two damage. Not enough to ever kill it, but just enough that you never have more than three lands on the field. Like, I, I don't know. You gotta have a token sub-theme. That's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> token that's sub-theme and Demir. I was gonna say well, the same I mean, thing. Is like, if you can just, like, crank out a bunch of, like, crappy little yeah, tokens... Aristocrats. Could potentially yeah, get you there. could do that. I mean, you also could just play sack outlets. Like, if someone comes for drowning, you're just like, all right, I didn't need my commander anyway. Because you're playing blue black. You're just gonna <laughs> Run you're away. playing you're playing you're playing a spiky blue black deck if you're playing drowning. Like, you're just gonna be playing all sorts of busted shit anyway. You don't need your commander out. He's he's just extra value. Or you're like, all right, drowning's out. Hit him with the greaves. We're gonna combo off and win. You know what I mean? Or just but like, you're right. Uh... You would have to you would have to take the proper precautions. You'd have to have like major contingency plan not the card um but major contingency plans built into your deck to make sure that your local red player oh uh doesn't doesn't <laughs> screw you i mean honestly chev mentioned fighting i think you're just as worried about the green player because if like everyone's commanders on the board and i can fight any of them it will be draw new lich lord like i'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna smack the crap out even of even if you're not the threat at the table like if i have the ability to make you lose like 10 enchantments or, or 10 permanents like i'm gonna take it 
<laughs> oh yeah, I mean 100%. Like if you're playing Drownu, you are public enemy number 1 no no matter what. It's just it just comes from the fact that if you are just playing Demir, like if you are playing a blue black deck, you're a scumbag basically. <laughs> um so Everyone knows what you're there for and it's not like to just have a fun hangout for the evening. That's not the energy <laughs> Demir brings. No, no, I mean, yeah, the fir- literally the first thing I said about this guy, he's an edge lord. Like he doesn't care about you at all. You know what I mean? He's just going to be a punk. But uh Eric, who who are you bringing to to uh combat my Drownu? Uh well, I I got to be honest. I it's just who's your favorite specific legend. So, I do want to talk about Safi Eric's daughter. Super cool legend from here uh with a really interesting effect that essentially just allows a bunch of dumb dumb stuff to happen for those who haven't seen her and unless you've played against boon weaver combo you probably haven't seen her uh safi eric's daughter green and a white two two sack safi eric's daughter when target creature is put into a graveyard this turn return that card to the battlefield so um she's part of a lot of like sacrifice loops that just involve infinitely recurring the same creatures and draining people out but i think she also has potential for just interesting like protection and things that you can do with her as a commander to try and like salvage key pieces um but she's my favorite creature but as a commander it's joru the gitu it was never anyone other than joru the gitu just two mana suspend something get ready to drop the bomb it's just cool it's a hype machine in is it and that's that's what is it needs is more hype machine cards two things um one love Safi. I think she's a card that people like. People, you're right. People just know her kind of from like the CDH, Boon Weaver combo or whatever you know combo you know junk combo you want to do. Uh, but I think she's definitely a card that people should be playing more either as their commander or just in the 99. Because um, at minimum she saves your best thing and also maybe gets another ETB. I think she got done dirty. I think this new art that they're printing with her is absolute trash, especially compared to the old art, which is god tier. Let me look at the old art, because I, I, I am not in love with the new art. The reason Eric gave for enjoying Safi is 100% wrong. Eric likes Safi because its name is Safi Eric's Daughter. <laughs> and recently, in Commander Legends, we got her brother, Hans, Eric's son. Now, the reason for this new art is it's done by the same artist as Hans Eriksson, to kind of put it in that similar vibe of, like, this Norse wilderness fighting against the Lurgoy for whatever. But I think the real reason Eric is bringing attention to Safi is because he is waiting for, and as most of the magic community now is, the Naya legend, Eric. We have Eric's son. We have Eric's daughter. Where is Eric? (laughs) And in the Naya colors, too. So we we have yet to see the the, uh, patriarch of this family. And until we do, I think Eric will be singing the praises of both Hans and his sister. They're both sick cards, and I, I honestly <laughs> just want to know, I want to know who their dad is and why he's so cool. Uh, you want to know who's think, your daddy? I think Safi looks better in the background of Hans' card than in her own new art. Like, in the background of that, she's like, oh shit, it's the Lurgoyf! Whereas in this one, like, to be honest, she looks like too hardcore compared to her old flavor text, which was like, we need to run or we're going to die. Whereas now it's changed into like, she's a badass. She's here to fight the Lurgoyf. And you're like, I think she's just going to die. Again. 
I liked that. Uh, oh shit, we need to run, or we're gonna die. That that's actual. That's quoted. That's actual flavor text. Like that's mm-hmm. that was that's high true. quality right there. That's from the um, explicit secret layer coming to a store near you. Honestly, I'd buy it. The damnation flavor text is just. <laughs> Damn. Can we can we can we please get a can can we get the not safe for work version? I I I really need the uh, the not safe for work version for this. Oh, I'll go next. So my oh, my favorite. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, okay, okay, I'll go. Um. All right. My, my mine's quick. Um. I mean, Jaya Ballard. You know, fellas. Do I have to say anything about this car, fellas? Um. I mean. Oh, your your card is quick, and she also that's right, thick. That's right. Jaya, um, she's a baddie. Jaya's got this. Well, first, okay, all right. Since we're talking about the way she looks, she's got this very like old like eighties like pinup model kind of look on the art, and I really dig that. Um, red, dude. She's got the dominatrix skin suit. What are you talking about? No, no. I mean the look, like the hair. Look at the hair. Just the like the yeah, posture. Look at the hair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and the okay. face. All right, legit, legit, legit. Okay. But beyond that. <laughs> Um, her, the abilities, um, the, although some of them are kind of, well, I, I think they're funny, right? Like, the first one is, like, destroy target blue permanent, like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're, that's what, we're, what I'm here for. <laughs> but, like, they're not really great, especially for the cost of discarding a card. Um, like, if, and if you're playing a mono red, or if you're playing with her as your commander, then you're probably not drawn a ton of cards, so you don't necessarily want to be discarding them to do these, like, menial things. But... This design, this card design, where you have these three abilities, each with increasing cost, and each one of them costing a tap, is very reminiscent of, like, a proto-planeswalker-type, like, setup, almost. So it's cool to see that. I know sagas are are touted as the original, like, inspiration for... uh, planeswalkers or how they were really originally supposed to function but perhaps way back um before then this was this was even an inspiration for that so that that, that i always thought was cool and I, th- I think there's a couple other cards that have this sort of like setup with the three tap abilities but i can't think of them off the top of my head so uh the green black tapper uh that exiles oh, stuff from death your right opponent's script. yes that's a great point yeah, yeah that's a good point yes that is another prime example of this sort of design and you know it's really cool to see that i believe jaya ballard was the i mean I, I who knows what was going on in r&d at the time but she was the like the trial run for what a planeswalker would be because this came out this block time trial block i believe came out immediately right before Lorwyn, which is when the original Planeswalkers right. came out. Right, well, originally the Planeswalkers were supposed to show up in Time Spiral Block, but they thought it would be too confusing and future-shifted to have that many things, and they got bumped to Lorwyn. So they were supposed to, they were probably in some sort of development at the same time. Um, in terms of, like, I know there, I know back then it wasn't as clean-cut, like, how sets kind of developed. Like, the first set was the ideas that you wanted to have in the set, and then the other two were sort of follow-ups. And this was the first set that was connected thematically, because this was one of the first that Mark Rosewater kind of oversaw. Um, but I, I know, like, the idea with time and then bumping out Planeswalkers, I definitely think the, the tapped ability... Because original Ravnica was before this, right? Where we saw Deathrite Shaman, or was he... He came in Return to Ravnica. Yeah. He came in Return to... Original Ravnica was before this, but Deathrite Shaman was in Return gotcha. to Ravnica. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's definitely it seems like it's an interesting direction like i feel like if planeswalkers didn't have the um uh fan base that they do you could see more legendaries creatures coming up of this sort of like multi-skilled uh superhero versus the like current design which is kind of like one or two abilities one more thing i want to say about jaya one of her creature types is spell shaper what's up with that well she's all of her abilities are spells yeah, but spell. Yeah, I'm just I'm just commenting on how weird the spell shaper is as a type, as a creature type. Yeah, it's it's a weird like, type, but I, I know it applies to like a ton of things in this block where it's like if the ability they do is a card that is printed, like lightning strike. I think is the uh, lightning bolt for two mana. Uh, then they have that ability. Oh. Like my one of the cards that I really know from there is the Lanawar Mentor that makes Lanawar Druid tokens. Uh, or Lanoir Elf tokens, they are spell shaper type because their ability is discard a card, which is the spell that oh. you could have cast, and in essence, you're casting this ability huh. instead. That's really cool. I actually didn't know that. That's that, that but that makes a lot of sense. It's really That's sweet. Awesome. It's like something I wish that we saw like more of or had more use to use. Spell shapers were a thing in a previous old old Ur block where yeah, they were they were, you know, there was one in like every color or two in every color and they didn't have all these abilities but they just had one that was like you know like one in a black discard a card destroy target non-black non-artifact creature or something like that you know what i mean yeah Yeah, just like chef said it's it's as if they're casting your creature is casting a spell um but there is precedence this is just like an overloaded one because it's got all the abilities that is really cool Mm -hmm. for anyone who wants to make a bad fish deck there's a spell shaper for that divining witch one in a black one in a black tap discard a card uh, remove the top six cards of your library from the game, reveal cards until you find the named card. Uh, you're never going to find it because you name a card that isn't in your deck. Exile your library. There's a spell shaper for that. <laughs> what What is the actual card that they play in CDH that's just one black mana? Uh, well, there's two. Demonic there's Consultation? Demonic Consultation and, like, I, f- I Oh, um, Tainted? Tainted, tainted Pact? Pact? Is it Tainted? Yeah. Wow, I had no, I did not. I gotta go back and look at these spell shapers now. There might be some real spicy ones, right? No, spell shapers are yeah. really cool mechanic. The thing is, in Commander, a lot of the times, what's in my hand is better than whatever ability is on the spell shaper. <laughs> yeah, most of the most of them are like pretty. You know, it's like I don't, Benign. I don't really the need to be casting ones. a lightning. The token strike. ones, I think, could be really cool in the right the right setting. So I don't, I don't often play with multiple colors, uh, but when I consider it, I, I seriously consider making a sliver deck. Uh, over over the years, ever since, I think it's called the first sliver, the sliver that gives all slivers cascade and our Modern Horizons 1 seal that I did with Oakley. It's been like, okay, cool. You know, slivers was an archetype. I have one of the, the five color slivers. It'd be kind of fun to throw a deck around this. And then the secret layers were introduced and I got the Kaleidoscope Killers and have the Sliver Overlord, which is, I believe, the Tudor one. Now Sliver Legion is getting a reprint from its hundred dollar print uh from future site to now even the pre-release is like 50 bucks and so it's a one of every color seven seven with all slivers get plus one plus one for each sliver you control and so you know besides sliver queen which is on the reserve list and like 300 bucks this is one of the the last sort of large slivers and with just the ones i picked over time only from a i would really like to throw this in a deck and i think it would be cool um to have that sort of like put anything I, any one of these in the command zone can lead this deck and just fill it with the trash from my binders of like the slivers from mh1 and from future sight and from other places around plus it, it feeds into my sort of like coat of arms 
base mentality of my original elf ball deck and i i see slivers as kind of like elves but way more annoying and that that is one of the tenets i live by is to try and make the most annoying decks possible Chev, i think slivers despite being numerous colors fit into your archetype of like eldritch beings and like beasts that you like to control (laughs) the slivers are like they're like this this hive mind that um what do they do they like they take the, like their prey and they like absorb aspects of it essentially so then like and then they use that to like buff yeah. the region so it's very like honestly this is it's sort of a like alien um archetype that you've seen in like a lot of different media like for those familiar with like starcraft uh the zerg are just like that uh if you're familiar with the manga mm-hmm. series hunter hunter the chimera ants are very similar they eat things and they absorb their like abilities and they so you get this like toolbox tribe it's pretty cool i mean if you guys were willing to donate to the cause i could take two of my great loves and put them together with the card (laughs) slivdrazi monstrosity a mystery booster playtester card it's only four (laughs) hundred dollars it's every color and wastes Eldrazi you control are slivers in addition to their other types. Slivers you control have Devoid and Annihilator oh my 1. God. And tap 3, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Eldrazi sliver creature token. It has sacrificed this creature, add a waste. Alright, so Chev, here's what you actually do, because uh, I, I will not stand for that trash. You play your Sliver <laughs> Legion, like, whatever, great, have a good time. And then you just play, you just play Hivestone which is a two-mana artifact, and it just says creatures you control are slivers in addition to your other creature types. So basically, you just take two cards out of your Eldrazi deck, you put Sliver Legion in, you put Hivestone in, you're fine, you're good. It's easy. Uh, how's he going to make the color mana? I guess, yeah, I guess you would have to put like land, like lands in so that you could cast Sliver Legion. I have suffered a lot of the time taking Cool Thing and taking Eldrazi and being like, I'm going to mush them together and it's going to be epic. But most of the time, it takes away from what Eldrazi wants to be. I'll, I'll consider it. Um... But I, I think if I explore slivers, it'll be in their own thing. Yeah, if of all the hybrids you've tried, all the variations of Eldrazi that you've tried to make, whether that's red, blue, green, green, blue, five color, whatever. I, I've seen so many different lists throughout the years. Most of them never actually coming to fruition. Uh, this is the least exciting for me. <laughs> your, your sliver Eldrazi. I'm sorry, if, if I somehow find my way to a mystery booster convention edition and rip a Slivdrazi monstrosity... I will force all of you to play one game with me. I will let you play as many games as you want if you get that card. It's if <laughs> if you can actually procure that card, a physical copy of that card, I'll I'll yeah, screw it. That's fine. But uh but Don't until then him. guys, do not tempt him. <laughs> if Chev wants to waste four hundred dollars, I do have that amount of credit sitting on Card Kingdom. I could pull the trigger right now <laughs> it's also not a waste it's an investment you could also build four full decks for that much <laughs> yeah honestly the price of that card's only really going to go up that's a sound financial decision Chev. we probably won't see an old border of it anytime soon it's i, I don't think you're going to see any type of border of it anytime soon or any reprinting <laughs> all right well we've talked about our legends and some other miscellaneous stuff uh that's true Let's talk about effectively the opposite, right? Yeah, generally legends are uh, rares and mythic rares, and I believe you're you're talking about the other two rarities that we uh, we taught we tend to neglect. Uh, yes, as well as cards that have not been time shifted, because obviously there's only going to be one of those in every pack. It's unlikely that you're going to get sort of exactly what you want from that. 
We are, of course, talking about limited picks, cards that are good in the limited format. That's what this was designed to play around. So things that you might be looking out for and uh, that you might be excited to unpack at a pretty common level. Well, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised to know that my pick and also my honorable mention are uh, both blue cards. And they're also both draw spells. Uh, So my pick is Careful Consideration, which is two, a blue, and a blue. So four CMC uh, total value. It's an instant. Target player draws four cards, then discards three cards. If you cast a spell during your main phase, instead that player draws four cards, then discards two cards. Uh, For four mana, this just gets incredibly deep into your deck. Um, Yes, you have to discard cards, but uh, in limited, we're, we're not dealing with such things where we can just you know, keep all of our cards for such good rate. Um, and there's enough things in this deck, uh, in this set that can deal with the graveyard that it might actually be uh, beneficial. I mean, if you happen to pull a Drown New and you want to play this card, it just only fuels the fire. Um, but this is just a sweet card. Um, I also should say it does have sweet art, so that, that helps. Um, but it just digs you so deep. And I think that looking at this and knowing kind of how formats were back then, I think this is going to be a pretty... A slower sort of format. Also, I mean, I think just a lot of these cards are like relatively underpowered to what we see today. So I think this is going to be a slower format, a more grindy format. I think something that can just show you and get you through so far through your deck and show you so many new options um, is just super powerful, especially in Sealed, which is even generally even more grindy um, than Limited, and that's what we're going to be playing. So I'm hoping to pull one of these um, in our Sealed coming up. Uh, and also, my honorable mention was uh, 4C, which is very similar. It's You scry a bunch and then draw a few cards for, like, four mana. Um, it's just another very solid draw spell for limited. Those seem like pretty good picks, honestly. Very expected from you, but uh, cards that I, I certainly wouldn't be upset at unpacking. Yeah, yeah. What do you what are you coming, Eric? Are you as stereotypical as me? Uh, oh, for sure. I've picked two green cards. Um, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two green cards that I think do things that are actually kind of interesting for green, the first of which is Utopia Vow. Uh, Utopia Vow is one and a green, enchant creature, enchanted creature, can't attack or block, and has tap, add one mana of any color. Uh, this is very powerful removal in a format where there are some pretty nuts creatures that exist. Uh, you can pretty much just shut off your opponent's Atali if they drop, uh, a card that was uh, sort of brought in an old border. Uh, if they drop one of the powerful legends from this set and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm just not here for that. Just, it's a mana dork now. Go nuts. Uh, unfortunately, it still keeps its active ability, so it's not as good as a Song of Dryads, but uh, it's certainly better than nothing. Uh, and the other card that I picked was uh, Evolution Charm which is, is probably a safer pick. It's just kind of generally good. It does It's a modal card that does three different things, so uh, you can kind of just to- tune it to whatever you want it to do in that situation. It's either one in a green, instant, search up a basic land, return a creature from your graveyard to your hand, or target creature gains flying. So if you just need one more land to get there and to make that next big play, go get that land. Uh, if, you know, you made that big play, you got your big creature out there, your opponents had an answer, it's limited, they probably don't have a second one on deck immediately, just go get it back. Um, or, 
if you have that big creature out there, they've just got blockers in the way, you need to get through for that one final push, give it flying, get it over the top, finish it off. I, I think Evolution Charm is actually, like, kind of crazy good for a common. There's a, a, a metric ton of removal in this set, which I think is going to be interesting to see how powerful, um, or how dirtly these games end up being, to Julian's point. If, if Utopia Vow isn't doing it for you and you don't want to give your opponent a mana dork, might I suggest uh, Sudden Death. It is a three mana spell, um, two black and one. It gives a creature minus four, minus four, uh, and it has split second, which has stopped being, you know, shown, uh, printed since it's a bit of an unfun mechanic, but it basically means that your opponents can't respond in any way. Uh, they can't cast spells, no activated abilities. You can't either. Uh, basically, while this is on the stack, nothing else can be added. So they can't protect their creature in response to you dropping a, um sudden death and they can't really do anything else about it and it should kill most of the things there so every time i i think this is a, a easy pick this i'm running this in my removal tribal commander deck and especially it's three mana and we're used to seeing kill spells for probably four five or six depending on what environment we're doing it in i've definitely gotten got by that card a few times uh, my pick for this was sort of a non-traditional removal spell and that would be the six mana black enchantment uh, enslave. Uh, this is just a straight up enchant creature. You control that creature. And to boot, at the beginning of your upkeep, enchanted creature deals one damage to its owner, not its controller, which, by the way, is you at this point. So, uh, this is like, this is just seems like an insane uh, two for one for me. You essentially remove an opponent's creature, play a creature of your own, which is the opponent's creature. And, uh, it only costs one spell. Pretty good. Uh, not much, honestly, else to say about this card, except that it's sort of a, or it seems like a color break, honestly. Uh, I mean, obviously that was common in this set in particular, but this is a very, like, blue effect. You don't see in black a lot, so pretty cool. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see this effect, and then, like, also, as a part of Evolution Charm on a green card, they were just like, oh yeah, you can give your creature flying. And, like, yeah. that's not what green does right now. It gives creatures reach. It does damage to creatures with flying. It generally just hates flying things. Except Evolution Charm, which is just like, nah, just send them over the top. Get them. <laughs> I mean, that was for people who don't know their history. Uh, that was one of the biggest themes of this this block in general. Like, the lore was like, things are getting crazy. The time stream's warping and... Your planes are shifting in it, like you know, just everything's everything's getting all wonky. So like, yeah, that this was the when wizards did a lot of weird things and especially broke the color pie. Um, and there was even a whole type of card, a color, a color shifted card, which was basically they had like a slightly augmented frame, and it was classic cards moved into another thing. So there's like a Sarah Angel, but it's in blue and it's a Sphinx, stuff like that. So. Yeah, this was this was the set where they were like, oh yeah, that whole like design philosophy and like the color pie and like stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, screw that. We'll we'll deal with that next set. Spring break, no rules. A hundred percent spring break, no rules. They were doing body shots. It was, Things were getting you know, wild on the West Coast. Oh yeah, it was getting dangerous. <laughs> I mean, speaking of spring break, no rules and just getting crazy. Our last category is what is a card that you didn't know existed, but now that you see it, you're pretty hyped to play it. Uh, because this set's got some real, uh, we're really, uh, scraping the barrel, I guess, in terms of there's, there's some, some real out there stuff. 
So kind of jumping off what I was mentioning earlier, um, this whole idea of spell shapers, there's a card called Lanoir Mentor, and for a green and to tap it, discard a card and put a creature token onto the battlefield that's a, a copy of Lanoir Elves, which is a one-mana mana dork 1-1. One, one. And I'm not 100% sure how I could break it as of yet, but I think something like this where, you know, you're creating a token that is an actually useful card of a useful creature type, Elf, I think this has the potential to be super interesting. Um, and I want to see what I can do with that. And there, there aren't many cards I haven't seen just from spending way too much time clicking the random button. But this is one that, that stands out as kind of like a little bit unique and something I want to really mess around with. Allow me to, off the top of my head, suggest Intruder Alarm and Concordant Crossroads or any other global haste enabler. Mm. Uh, so every time you make an elf, all the previous elves and Lanoir Mentor untap. And also they all have haste, so you get the immediate benefit or can just go again for another elf. Absolutely fantastic. I, I just wonder about hand size. So I'd need to have that to be pretty pretty high up there. <laughs> Seasons Past or whatever, the, the card that's like, hey, go get something of every mana type. Mm. Or every okay. uh, like mana okay. count. Or just play uh, play Soul of the Harvest. So whenever you have a creature enter, you draw a card. Ooh. Is that creature or is that creature token? No, that uh, that one I believe is creature. I think it's creature. It, uh, Whenever I another non-token non creature enters the battlefield under your control. Ah, non-token? I think All the right. only um, one that cares about uh, any creature is the one that allows you to scry one when they enter. I swear there's one that lets you draw. Whenever enters. creature enters minus non-token. Um, glimpse of nature? True. Glimpse of nature. If you want to yep. combo off on one turn. Yeah. Uh, or if you hit them with the, just give them all plus two, plus two somehow, then anything that says, uh, whenever oh, a creature yeah, yeah. three yep. or greater, those all work. I have a way to give them a bunch of plus stuff, plus stuff, you know? Uh, and I'm also picking a green card and that is Tromp the domains. First off, Ooh. I just got to say what a great name for a card. What a meme name <laughs> for a card. Um, but this is a this is a six mana sorcery five and a green for a six mana sorcery, and um, it says domain, which is a a, a keyword uh, until end of turn creatures you control gain trample and get plus one plus one for each basic land type among lands you control. So this is the ultimate overrun in any five color deck, and um, I mean if you're playing a five color deck you have access to all of the best token things in everything. Uh, slash token slash go whitey things and everything so this is uh, if you don't mind the fact that it's a sorcery and you really just want to kill him dead this is the way to go um also this is a domain card uh before the keyword domain was actually introduced in alara block as a main keyword it was like a a, pro a projection into the future oh wait f crap i looked at the original printing and it didn't have the keyword no, it did not. They That's they important. added the keyword, yeah. Because they would have had the keyword if it was a future site card, but it was from original Time Spiral. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, this this was a there was a few effects that were similar to that, but that was like, you know, one of the mm, first quote-unquote gotcha. domains and then like two blocks later in Alara, they were like, "All right, domains a real thing." But anyway, Tromp the Domains, very cool card. I almost picked that as my card until I saw you did. So, I apologize. Lights. No, no, no. Very nice. I'm glad you picked 100%. it. 100%. What card did you pick, Eric? 
allow me to elaborate, uh, because according to Chev, I am a fool for not knowing that this exists. Uh, Vesuva. It's just any land. You are a fool yes. for not knowing that this exists. Uh, I, I, Especially as a CEDH player. I 100% believe that. And honestly, I think it's just due to lack of paying attention and not, like, lack of looking for busted lands. Because I put together a Lord Windgrace busted lands deck at one point, And this just wasn't in it. Which is very dumb. Uh, so, honestly, this the rediscovery or discovery of Vesuva has maybe sent me back down that path. Because that was a fun deck that I just kind of fell off with because I, I just never ended up pulling the trigger on it. But uh, rebuilding it and uh, looking at it again with fresh eyes might be a fun experiment. Uh, it's probably because Vesuva is, like, monetarily expensive. That's probably why you never, like, even considered it. That's fair. And so it's more likely I forgot about this card than I never knew about it, but I'm yeah, glad to see it. I think it's sitting at, like, 26 right now before Ooh. reprint. That's not that bad, especially when that deck included, uh, like, Urborg and Cabal Coffers. I did think it was more. I thought it was, like, 40. Yeah, of expensive lands, it's not too expensive. Uh, but yeah, Vesuva, super cool. Land that just copies another land. For those curious, the reason this land is so expensive is because it is played in a Legacy deck. Um, surprise. Uh, where you essentially play a Dark Depths, followed by a Vesuva, which, surprise, has no counters on it, so you just get a Merit Lage token. No, Vesuva does. Vesuva enters with the oh, I think it, I'm thinking so of Thespian Vampire Stage. Sorry. You're right. Yeah, Thespian Stage yeah. is the one. <laughs> my bad. Uh, I'd like to take a quick detour from EDH uh, for my pick for this real quick, if you'll allow me. The card Strangling Soot seems like a pretty good removal spell for Popper. Um, it's very similar to a card that already sees a ton of play in Popper, which is Chainer's Edict. A uh, similar effect, like essentially you destroy one creature and then you get to flash it back later for like a bunch more mana. Uh, obviously, no, Chainer's Edict uh, is, you don't get to target a particular thing, because it's just target opponent sacks a creature, um, which can have advantages and disadvantages. It's got advantages if you're playing against someone like Chev, who likes to play uh, Aura Hexproof decks uh, in Pauper. Those are pretty rough, and uh, Chainer's Edict helps all with that. But if you're playing against uh, a deck that likes to grind out, like maybe Blue-Black, uh, then... Something that can give you uh, a little extra oomph or a little extra card advantage in the late game and is able to destroy pretty much every creature that those kind of decks play uh, since it's just a bunch of fairies, then Strangling Soot might be a the card for you, uh, perhaps. Hopefully you've got a, a little uh, red splash in there. And a quick jump in um, for the Popper fans out there. Unfortunately, some of you might think, reprint set maybe reprint rarities are different there are none there are no no cards printed at common here that have previously only been printed on common or above ah big sad i will tell you one thing that's changing on these cards though well, what's that julian and that's the prices mm. we have some juicy price updates we have talked about the set we have talked about our top picks but there is one more diamond hand in the room that we need to address and that is finance with jeff So, <laughs> for every for every person out there who's like, damn, they didn't reprint my favorite card. Um, well, they probably did, and you're lying to yourself. 
uh, unless you're a fan of Imp's Mischief, which has gone up in recent days because of the fact it isn't reprinted here. But if you were to go to your, your favorite card searcher, we're going to go with Scryfall, and you search the set, Time Spiral Remastered, um, and look at the non-time-shifted cards, of the top 20 cards in monetary value, the top uh, 18 of those 20 are being reprinted. So we are seeing like in a massive amount, Silver Legion, Gemstone, Tarmogoyf. I think the only two in those top 20 um, not getting a reprint are Imp's Mischief and um, I forget what it was now. But sh- I should have known. Anyway, you've got 18 of these top 20 cards getting reprints. Most of them are down at least 40%. Uh, Damnation is down $10. Sliver Legion was $100. It's now $50. Gemstone Caverns is down, I think, 7 bucks. Cloudstone, which I think got up to... Cloud Cloud Key, uh, which got up to like 30 is now at 15 And these are the pre-sale prices. So this is... Yes, you'll have a few that probably go up after this. But for the most part, these are inflated prices before we actually see the product hit the market. So you can expect a lot of these to go down as well. And it goes into what Julian was talking about earlier about... Bef- in the era when Time Spiral was originally printed, print runs were a lot smaller. There was a lot less people going for it. So we're getting a lot more supply with all of these key cards. Um, Urborg is getting reprinted. And everything is kind of like, this is a great time to to buy into some of these cards. And I, I highly recommend picking up as many of them as you can. I personally am super happy with how the set is, print, is coming out reprint-wise. I know there was a little bit of concern with certain cards... Now that we have the Mythic Rare Rarity getting upshifted, essentially, like um, Damnation and a couple others. I think uh, Sliver Legion as well. But if you think about... It's it's not that the Mythic Rarity Rarity didn't exist at that time. Cards were just more rare than others that were still the rare symbol. So we're not seeing like a, a smaller influx of supply of these cards that are in Mythic. And Damnation is going down, like I said, and Sliver Legion. And all of these cards that have been upshifted aren't really seeing any negative it's hard to prove a negative but they they, i couldn't see them going down much more than they are even at that rarity but yeah honestly i i think this set is a a out of the park more than we see on any other remastered set in terms of price differences i think the only thing that didn't really go down was tarmogoyf but that has been slashed so much with printing after printing after printing and is sitting around i think like 23 dollars at this point do you guys remember like one of the biggest things that happened in our early thing was our early magic career was when uh modern masters 2 came out mm-hmm. and they printed tarmogoyf and tarmogoyfs were like 120 and i think foil tarmogoyfs were like 200 and they have just completely eviscerated like completely just castrated my boy in terms of price it's- like, it's what beautiful. they need to keep doing. Yeah. Eric, what's sorry, what uh would you please reiterate our motto for for people who don't know? Yeah, my motto and I believe the whole cast motto is that Wizards just needs to go and find every card that costs more than $50 and reprint it until it doesn't. It, it just shouldn't cost as much as it does to make some of the cool magic decks out there. The cheaper cards are, the more people will want to experiment, the more people we can get to enjoy the game we love. 100%. And for the most part, at least last year and this year, it seems like they're they're following through with that. This is a, a sort of unique case that we're seeing where it's all reprints um, from the same set. But it, it's it's fantastic to see like all these cards from the, the block uh, kind of go way down in price. Uh, I, I probably should have been more clear. When I said look up the top cards that cost money, I didn't mean in the Time Spiral set. I meant in the original Time Spiral block. 
like of those top 20 18 are getting reprinted in times five remaster the only time where we're seeing prices go in the less fun direction is with some of the old bordered cards now we talked yes. about before they're all at equal rarity um one appears per slot it's hard to really figure out how many that means of each of these ones is out there uh but for the the real staples like i think ponder non-foil old border is pre-selling for 60 dollars and thought sees is like 30 um luckily most of those are exceptions to the rule i th i think right before this the read the bones was at like 30 cents and um the nature's claim which is another great one that you might run is like 12 cents so you you have a much larger disparity between the things that are worth money because they're in fancy decks versus a lot of the cards that we're hoping to pick up that will be a lot less but these cards you can't expect the same sort of decrease in price because they're probably more equivalent to the extended art or whatever we've been seeing from recent sets of like a different art not necessarily driven by the value of the card like you're saying chip there's i think there's going to be a huge disparity in price just because specifically because these are old bordered and old bordered is a thing that's desired by like legacy and vintage players and the some of these are the big like, pockets yeah exactly things like ponder things like paradoxical outcome things like um treasure cruise i feel like those are going to demand a super huge premium and i think another important thing is um there's going to be a premium for the old bordered cards or for a, a you know a good amount of them and then foil old bordered cards there's yeah. going to be like a several x premium it's going to be insane and once again with these all being uh the same rarity quote unquote that means that the foils are also all the same rarity uh but they're just you're going to get that many less of them so it's 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 rough out there if you're trying to bling your deck for example uh solemn which i think when we started back in like 2015 was a four dollar card and that yep. was pretty pricey has been knocked down to like a dollar sixty but the pre-sale price for a non-foil solemn old border is twelve dollars so it's, it's i it's can't hard. even imagine what the foil is <laughs> no no one has those prices even up yet because no one really knows where to ballpark it it's it's kind of nuts It'll be really interesting to see in those first couple of days where foil prices end up and where the one of us four lucky bastards who ends up with like a decent old border foil card. Because I think between, if we did the math, we're likely for one of us to get a foil. And I guess then it's a one in 121 chance of it being worth <laughs> something. Um, well, but it'll be interesting. X to see in 121, because there's a couple of these that. That's true. Yeah. There's multiple um, that are, are probably worth something. But yeah, Chalice of the Void as at 52 non-foil um yog moth is at 25 non-foil like it's it's hard out there to be an old border fan without the deep pockets of like a legacy deck so i think if you're looking for these old border to like bling out a deck um i i hate to say wait because i don't even know if these will go down you gotta hope that like th this set is going to be opened an insane amount to see any of these prices make movement uh but hopefully the success of this set and the old border will mean that we see this treatment for more cards in future and hopefully bring these prices down to more reasonable levels for someone who wants to bling out in the old border variety. I, I guess I should put the disclaimer that we are not financial agents and you shouldn't uh, take nope. any financial advice from us to heart. But I, I, I personally think uh, you're right, Chev. I don't. I think that you know normally you can wait a couple months after a set and that's kind of when prices have dipped down their lowest and then it'll start to rebound. I don't know if that's going to happen for this or if it does, I think it's going to be a very slight dip. And although I would like to see this sort of uh, treatment revisited in, you know, subsequent sets, I, I, I think the likelihood is very low or at least it'll take a long time. So I, I think honestly, 
you should just get what you want. Like maybe give it like a couple weeks just for supply to get into the market. Um, and then get what you want. Just try and like bargain hunt around and get what you want. Um, maybe do like a pre-release or two just to see if you can get lucky and pull something or trade your friends with. But I just think that the longer you wait to try and see prices dip, I think you're just going to realize that all of a sudden all the, the, the big spenders yeah. who are playing eternal formats have just scooped everything up and there's not anything for you, you know, even if you are going to be paying like $200 for a card or something. Yeah. If I were to sum up my, my feelings of this whole thing, it would be like, look at these cards kind of like the masterpiece uh, collections that came out with a bunch of the Ravnica sets. Like a lot of them are super cool. Uh, a bunch of them are probably two, three dollars that you want to put on your deck. Grab those. I'm not sure about the other ones. The upside to this is really consider them. Um, they're going to bring the price of the normal set down. What what I'm assuming is we're going to see something like we saw with that commander deck from C13 that had true name nemesis or uh, the other extended version alt art versions of rares and modern sets that cause the price of the normal rares to go down. Uh, Julian's finding this out when he's blinging out his chromium deck and some of the foils of like modern rares are ridiculously cheap in comparison to what you'd expect them to be. But it's people sure. are going to be opening these packs for the chance of a ponder, for the chance of a thought seize. They're not going to be opening them so much for everything else. And yes, there are a few chases in the the uh, rest of the set, but I think this on the whole will mean these, the normal border part of the set will be cheaper than they would be if this set of 121 cards with the old border weren't there. And I think that's something to be really grateful about because there are a ton of cards being reprinted still that are worth worth um, the investment. And if I could get like if I can get an Acroma's Memorial for ten dollars now, as opposed to a it, the Read the Bones is at eight dollars. Like Acroma's Memorial is going to give me so much more value uh, for that extra two dollars than a card that just doesn't tell me how to scry. <laughs> very true. Very true. Well, boys, I think we've colored all our bases. Does anyone want to add anything before we wrap this bad boy up? I'm all good. Rest in peace to me thinking this was going to be a, a quick cast, and it's. <laughs> I think already... this is all in the editing. There were a lot of pauses, oh yeah, you and this can makes it a Julian cut job. this. Yeah, yeah, it'll be cut. But um, <laughs> he wasn't looking uh, for anyway. our permission on that one. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, there will be. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's just really good, and I, I don't actually. Nah, some garbage just... for sure. <laughs> More, more, more good content. Just, honestly, just um, delete my audio track. Then you've got a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there is a, there is a good chunk of Eric just being severely confused that I could probably cut out. Although it, that is just hilarious. It's just more entertainment. It's so, so reasonable to be confused about that. Nah, you're fine. I'm just, I'm just. In this podcast, out. Eric stands in as the viewer who has not been paying attention. He's been playing a persona for most of this, and I would say his acting was top notch. I really believed. He had no idea what any of this was. <laughs> That's the goal, honestly. Eric, I, I can tell you if you want to get learnt, if you want to understand, keep up with the, uh, the most recent and most important things in the magic world, you can listen to this podcast. That is the Hex Shrinkers podcast. And you can find it on Anchor. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, a bunch of other places where podcasts are found all over the place, really. Um, and then you can also go to the Uh That's our website. Um, and you can listen to this podcast again. 
uh, just because we need the, the listens and the views. Um, but you can also read our articles. We've got articles about all sorts of stuff. We're brewing decks. We're talking about formats. Um, you can see if we're streaming live on Twitch uh, or any YouTube videos that we've got going on. What if I want immediate interaction? What if I just want to be able to talk to us directly? Give us a call. No. <laughs> There's this thing called the internet nowadays. Honestly, we should have like a Hexfingers hotline. No, we should. That would be super cool. <laughs> uh, even get like one of those red phones that's just got like that, a This is going to be your like cell phone, phone, Julian. If it's anyone's phone, it's <laughs> we'll your cell We'll put your number out there. That's I got to get a burner phone or something in case like they, they find they find me. Um, but yeah, if you want that instant interaction, you can go to Twitter or you can go to Instagram and uh, you can talk to us at Hex Drinkers. Um, we'll be tweeting out. We'll be doing the social media thing. You know, we're basically influencers. Um, or you can email us at Hex Drinkers at Gmail. That won't be as instant, but it'll be pretty close. Uh, we'll respond. So, um, yeah, hit us up on all those different platforms, avenues, however you want to do. It's at the hex drinkers or hex drinkers on all of them i made a drunken offer last time but it stands if you send us a deck via email we will do an entire podcast about your deck one million percent a hundred million percent we don't have enough viewers or content to not so like give us the goods we will all right we're absolutely gonna like tear through your deck and like tell you what sucks but we're also gonna be like yo this is a pretty cool deck and it's like pretty cool that you uh you're interacting with us because you're obviously in the top 1% of cool people if you're listening to the Hex Probably 0.001% of cool people. Yeah, there's really so many people in this world and so few of them listen to our podcast. It's a shame. I mean, so so few of them are cool. It's, yeah, it's it's really like us four. Uh, let's just end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's uh let's cut it. This is this is Jules. Uh, actually, I'm not even gonna... I'm just going to cut it right there. I'm just going to say let's cut it and cut it. Boom, that's it. All right, cool. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>